What's wrong with you people? I'm serious. This is not another Baptist podcast, a weekly podcast about what two pastors are learning in the trenches of church revitalization. This podcast is sponsored in part by our friends at the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Visit swibbits.edu to find out more about what God is doing on Seminary Hill. Welcome to Not Another Baptist Podcast. My name is Matt Hensley, and I'm the pastor of Mayhill Baptist, and I am not joined today by Kyle Non-Alcoholic Beerman because he is actually serving the Lord and doing some ministry today. So instead, I'm staring at this ruggedly handsome gentleman across the uh, states from us, uh, Josh Revis. How well, are and- you doing? I'm doing great, Matt. And today I get this is a non hostile takeover. I am coming on the Not Another Baptist podcast to uh, take charge of the microphone because we need to flip the tables today uh, because of the opportunity that you and I are going to have this summer in June. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about it. Now, a question I have is this going to be flipping the tables like Jesus in the money changers or just kind of turning, you know? The light on the well, that depends on how this conversation goes. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really up. That's really up to you. So, <laughs> no, but I'm so excited. Uh, you know, clearly, uh, we've got an annual meeting that's coming up in 21 here in June in Nashville, and uh, it'll be the first time that Southern Baptists have gathered together officially as the convention. Uh, at that point, it'll have been two years, obviously, because of what happened this past year in 2020. Uh, with the coronavirus, with COVID-19. And so I think all of us have this longing uh, and this real excitement and anticipation about being back in the room together. And things are going to look a little different this year. And one of the reasons is uh, that where there was going to be a pastor's conference in 2020 at the annual meeting to precede it uh, this year, uh, because of varying circumstances, there's going to be a SEND conference that's taking place that's going to highlight the incredible work that NAM and our church planners are doing. But we're very excited looking ahead to 2022 that the pastor's conference is going to return. And I know that uh, there had been a plan and I was very excited to be able to have the chance to cast my vote for you. You were going to be nominated at last year's annual meeting. Uh, And because of circumstances, the person who was going to nominate you was not going to be able to. And so I was excited to throw my uh, proverbial hat in the ring because over the conversations that you and I've had talking about what a pastor's conference was going to look like, if you were at the helm of it, I was so excited about that vision and so supportive of it. And so I wanted to make sure that you still got that opportunity, uh, at least to have your name in the ring and in consideration uh, for that. And so I wanted to just ask you a couple questions about this, about, uh, you know, because a lot of people would ask, why would somebody want to do this? Why would somebody want to undertake something of this magnitude and size and all of the logistics that are going to go with it? And so right out of the gate, the first simple question is, why does this matter? Why does the pastor's conference matter? Why is it important that it returns? Uh, And why is it important that people show up to attend? Well, the answer is not uh, because we've always done it that way. Uh, You know, as pastors, we hear that a lot. Uh, I I believe it is because pastors need pastors. Uh, I am most encouraged, you know, obviously week in and week out. I love digging into 
God's word. I love studying it. I love, you know, seeing the people's reaction to it. I, I love all of that. Uh, but I also know that that well can start to run a little dry when I'm not also feeding on, you know, devotional reading and also some other faithful uh, pastors preaching into me and being able to speak into me. And so I think one, one vital reason that the PC uh, matters, the pastor's conference matters, is simply that pastors need to be encouraged and, and preached to. You know, we, we get to preach all the time. And, and I, I don't know about you, you know, you, you are the associate pastor, so you get some opportunities to preach. But I'm sure your dad uh, loves to be able to sit on that front row and, and cheer on somebody that's preaching and being fed by them and praying for them and all of that as well. And so I feel one of the, the greatest values of the pastor's conference is simply that a pastor could come and be shepherded for a moment, you know, just for a few sessions where they don't have to worry about preparing a sermon. They can just be fed for a little bit and refilled for them to go back to, you know, their churches. Uh, we we kind of joke on on the podcast about the annual meeting being like a family reunion. You know, these are people where I love being able to see you and all of your like eight foot glory when we're at the <laughs> annual meetings. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's people that we see online and we know and I'm beginning to kind of visit and I go back recharged just from that. Uh, but to be able to just sit for a little bit and just kind of dwell in God's presence and hear his word faithfully preached, I, I feel like can send thousands of pastors back with their their batteries completely and totally you know topped off and charged and ready to hit the ground running and so that to me is why it matters is pastors need some some shepherds too yeah i think it's so well said and i've used uh, the the illustration with people because some will ask like why, why would you go you know in the in the middle of the summer and do this and i say it's the it's the closest thing to summer camp for pastors uh, <laughs> that's what the annual meeting is especially with the pastors conference part because you know it's like we're going to go, we're going to hear some sermons. We're going to go see our friends. Uh, we're sleeping over at a place that's not our house. We're going to stay up too late. We're going to eat a bunch of food that's bad for us. Yeah. It's this, and there's a camaraderie and a buzz and an excitement and a real encouragement that happens when everybody gets in the room together. And there's also a beautiful thing that happens online. There can be a lot of tension and drama and a lot of um, lines drawn in the sand, but every year that I've ever gone to the annual meeting, all of the stuff that was kind of boiling leading up to it, and certainly there are conversations that need to happen and business that needs to be worked out, but there is a real love that invades the room, pastors in the room together, and we start hearing about the mission, the Great Commission, what we're supposed to be about. And that's why I encourage you guys to go at least once. I say, just try it once and see if it's not something that really encourages you and edifies you. And so I'm with you 100%. Now, every time we go uh, to the pastor's conference, uh, there's someone who has taken on the responsibility of being the president, and they have a theme and a vision, and it looks different every year. And you have a very specific vision about what it would look like, really a singular focus that is what I'm really excited about. And I wanted you to have an opportunity to share that vision so people could know what they would be voting for and what they would be enabling you to do. Yeah, for, for sure. Uh, one, one neat aspect to have having been at least announced to be nominated uh, last year is that some of the homework was kind of already done. And the same burden that led to that vision and that plan hasn't changed for, for me. And that is the fact that the SBC is one, 
awesome. It's a great vehicle for the Great Commission uh, with the, you know, the, the cooperative program and so forth. But we also have a number of fantastic, phenomenal pastors and uh, in giant, large churches and in tiny, quote unquote, at least in worldly standards, insignificant churches. Uh, we've got great church plants in small rural towns and also in big urban cities. We've got people doing revitalization work in large churches, people doing revitalization work in a tiny church that's almost going to close their, their doors. And that's what the SBC is ultimately made of. You know, we, we joke about the headquarters of the SBC really being the local church. And these pastors that are in towns that aren't barely even on a map, love Jesus, are preaching Jesus faithfully and reaching people for Jesus uh, daily, you know, in their churches. And so for for me, when I think about that, and I realized that over the past many years with the, the pastor's conference, we're, we tend to hear kind of the conference circuit guys, and they're faithful expositors. I love them, and, and I enjoy that preaching too. But I also know that that only represents a small portion of our SBC. And so for, for me, I would love to see a conference, whether it's me or somebody else putting it on, somebody to put on one that is platforming guys from a small, tiny, quote, unquote, insignificant church in the middle of nowhere, all the way up to, you know, the middle of Orlando or Anaheim or Nashville, you know, all the different sizes, all the different contexts, city, small church, rural church, bivo guy, or even, you know, we've got tri-vocational guys that are working, uh, you know, two jobs just to make ends meet, and then Saturday night trying to come up with a sermon for the next day, and are faithful to do it. And so we've got people from all across that vast kind of wide swath of people from Trivo all the way to full-time guy that has 20 staff members under him, uh, and everything in between. And that's awesome. And to be able to hear from them and have a conference that's representing each of them, where the random guy that you can just kind of point out in the crowd, this guy is represented on the stage. That guy is represented on the stage. That guy in the far back that barely got in here and maybe had to raise funds to get here or sell something to get here, he is represented. This guy up in the front that's got all of his staff around him, he is represented. That everybody in that room can look at the platform and say, hey, I, I feel that. I, I know that. And as, as I think you and I have talked about, 2020 was really rough. <laughs> and we're now in like March, like 369 at this point or whatever it is from last yeah. year, <laughs> carried on into this next year. And so we've got people that are in giant churches and tiny churches that are worn down. They're weary from every decision, especially in this moment, uh, having an immediate pushback. You know, there's some that you know, the mask or anything else. It's just everything is a no-win situation right now for a lot of guys, if not almost all of our pastors. And just for a couple of hours uh, or really a day and a half or whatever, where they can sit and just be edified and preached to and loved and cared for and realize that they matter because they see up on the stage, that's somebody that's just like me. That's somebody that's struggling just like me, or that's somebody that's in a church just like mine. And uh, to me, that that's what I do kind of on a regular basis in, in terms of encouraging pastors from large churches to small churches. I, I just realize we're all on the same team. Uh, it's not even different uniforms. We're, we're truly on the exact same team with the exact same 
goal in different contexts. And so we can learn from the different struggles that we have. And so when the people out on the, the, the floor can see on the platform that I'm represented, these guys love me and they're here to preach Christ to me and encourage me. I feel like they're going to, at that point, you can go into the annual meeting already on cloud nine and it only gets to continue from there. And they can go back to their churches edified and encouraged and, and I believe heard. Uh, you know, a lot of times people say they didn't get their, you know, whatever their statement was in the actual annual meeting that they didn't get a chance to get the mic. This is one where because they're represented, they can feel heard from the stage. And I think that matters. And I think that's what I love so much about the vision that you've cast and the conversation that we've had is that at the heartbeat of a pastor's conference are pastors and they're at the heartbeat and at the center. We know that Christ is the head of the church, but the pastors, man, they're leading and they're shepherding and it can be a dry experience where you're pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. And there are certainly fabulous church members in all of our churches that encourage, but sometimes it's hard uh, for folks to understand. Sometimes you just need to talk to another pastor and to this idea of a conference that's basically set up as a giant group text of pastors that says hey let's all hear from each other we're all in this together everybody has a voice that matters and where you're serving matters and we don't want you to quit we want you to keep going because that place and those people need you there and and that's something i was going to point out last year I, i had kind of five i believe it was five pillars that I was kind of dreaming around and, and planning around ranging from, you know, they, they all had ease because of course I'm a Baptist and I was alliterating and so forth. I was trying to channel my inner Adrian Rogers yeah. and, uh, but they all yeah. had ease and they ranged from everyday pastors. So just the normal, normal guy, where, wherever big church, small church, just every pastor in the SBC being able to be represented. I think there was engaging worship. And uh, one of them that you just kind of touched on, was embracing obscurity, just being okay to say whether I am at this town that's not even a dot on the map or have quote unquote made it to Dallas, whatever it might be, being perfectly fine to be right in the center of God's will, laying down some roots and staying faithful for the long haul. And part of that is just because it's been beaten into my skull from the replant stuff that that I've done with Kyle where you preach, pray, love, and stay. Like it's it's one thing yeah. to go in and preach and and pray and love your people. And then, oh, this great opportunity comes up, I'm gone, you know? And then you've left these people kind of, uh, well, what now? You know, this was great. You know, we saw great stuff happening. This guy's gone. And of course God leads and God does move. But being okay to say, God, my yes is on the altar and I'm going to stay here, whether it's in this obscure location in the middle of nowhere or in the middle of Dallas, I want to stay and love on my people as long as you'll allow me to be there. And just to kind of give those people that chance to say that it's okay to stay where I'm at. In fact, it's a great thing to probably stay where I'm at because I'm I'm blessed here at Mayhill to have some of the most supportive members. I know we've talked about before where it would be very easy to take advantage of that during our business meetings. We might put up something for discussion and they're like, well, what do you want to do? We just want to do what you want to do. No, 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 that's not how it works. You know, so I, I have yeah. great support here. <laughs> but then I talked to the pastor that has survived, you know, ju- just a few months ago, has survived his third attempted takeover at the church where they have either tried to run him off or vote him off. And it's been unsuccessful, mm-hmm. gratefully, but he's struggling. 
And so we've got people yeah. on both ends of that. And then some where churches were successful at that and, uh, and they're wounded and, uh, and they're not really hurt even by their own people, but they're noticed by God. And if they could be noticed by by us and, and as an SBC, see that they are valued and mattered, uh, I believe they can go home and persevere even through a difficult time and then come back for another shot in the arm the next year. And uh, because you mentioned the whole youth camp high, we, we always know how awesome it was when those kids came back. You know, they're reading their Bible every day. They're sharing the gospel <laughs> at school. They're starting an FCA club, you know, the very first day they get back. And, and then it does sort of wane at times, but it was always exciting. That's what we get when we go. Like I come back just yeah. pumped when I get back in that pulpit. And, and the church is always kind of worried about that first Sunday when I come back because they're like, this sermon is going to be about <laughs> twice as long because Matt is going to be fired up. And so they yeah. all pack a lunch. They're ready for it. And that's what I want for everybody in that room. Now, one of the things that will be a little different if you have the opportunity to put this together is in the past uh, and for the past several years that I could remember and for many of the reasons that you described when you would get the brochure or when the website would go live about here's the lineup for the pastor's conference there would be this moment where you go I know that guy and I've read that book and and I've I've I subscribed to his podcast and man I can't wait to get a chance to hear him in person but if your lineup has the opportunity to be presented, if you give this opportunity to serve as president, there's going to be a lot of names that a lot of people are going to look at and go, I, I don't know who that is. And I, I don't never heard that guy. And I'm not sure where that is. <laughs> and so there's going to be this thing of, well, should I go? Because I don't know these guys or, or what I've never heard of them. So is there going to be some benefit to me and what they have to share with me. But I think you and I have both had instances where some of the best sermons that we've heard have been in settings unexpectedly when we heard someone that we had never met or never seen before. And I didn't know if maybe you had some examples or some uh, memories that you wanted to share, whether it's at the national level, maybe it's an associational meeting you went to where you heard the right message at the right moment from an unexpected person that God really used. Yeah. So, so I've had both where it's been like the the famous dude and then the absolutely unknown guy uh i remember the the sunday after we had miscarried two of our babies and had lost a job and i went to the village church in dallas because i heard that john piper was going to be preaching and uh and i wanted him to to preach to me and it ended up being flat john piper because it was video and uh, it was during Matt Chandler's whole kind of brain cancer and so forth. And so the message was pointed at Matt Chandler, but in everything that he said, he was speaking right into what we were dealing with. And so was so encouraged by it and helped by it, by this famous guy that doesn't know me whatsoever. And that's why I went, was who it was and so forth. And he preached right at me. But at the same time, I cannot count how many times I have almost begrudgingly went to like the association meeting. I'm tired. I'm ready. You know, this is a day after church. I just want to sleep, hang out with my family. I don't know who this guy is. Some, you know, random pastor that we've, we've got to fill in or whatever. I don't want to go. And then I go. And I mean, I'm sitting there just in awe of what God is speaking to me through his word in this faithful, you know, deliverer of that word that I don't even know. And I cannot count how many times that has happened on the local level 
where I kind of even go reticent. Like, I don't really want to, I'm not feeling it. I don't want to go, but I leave completely and totally changed and, and ultimately kind of sorry for the, uh, kind of the, the reason I was going in the first place or the hesitation that I had. I, I remember number, another time where I'm messaging you when your dad is just spitting fire at our evangelism <laughs> conference. And, and it was phenomenal. Like I'm sitting there like, dude, your, your dad can preach. Like, and, and so I'm sitting here messaging you the entire time. And you're like, dude, I get this every Sunday. And, uh, and so we're, we're talking a little bit. And then there, there were several others on the lineup that day. And even in some, some of the breakout sessions, the one that I'd wanted to go to was full. And so I went to another one, don't even know what it was, but I just felt like, Hey, my church sent me here. I have to go to each of the breakout sessions. So I went to just one of the ones that was open and the guy just straight up preached in that breakout session. And I'm like, dude, I needed this. Thank you, God, for filling up the other ones. Cause this was exactly what I needed. So there's been so many times where that's happened or we've been traveling and, you know, the easy thing to do is, you know, you go to Florida or, or you go to Minneapolis or whatever you think of kind of the big name guys that might be, be there or whatever. And it's easy to go, well, I'm going to go to Prestonwood or I'm going to go to first Dallas or something like that when I'm back home. But I also take those opportunities on a Sunday to say, you know what, I'm just going to drive out a little bit and end up in this little small town and just pop in on a worship service. And the singing uh, is, is not always well produced. Uh, the preaching is not always well polished, uh, but it's been faithful every single time. And again, like I've said, you know, the right word at the right moment. Uh, and that's what we have every single Sunday throughout the SBC. You know, on Sunday morning, Steve Gaines gets up and he puts on his shoes and everything else just like me. I don't know if he puts on sock, shoe, sock, shoe, or sock, sock, shoe, shoe. I don't know. But basically all of us, 40 something thousand pastors are putting on our shoes, putting on our pants or jeans or skinny jeans every single Sunday. And then they enter that pulpit and they faithfully declare the word. And, uh, I, I just think that's awesome. <laughs> and, and I've gotten to see a little more of that because of Facebook and kind of this pandemic. I'll just kind of open up, uh, you know, Facebook on Sunday morning and just sort of scroll. And early in the morning, I get to see y'all service. Then it kind of moves over, see another pastor service and, and kind of you walk across the time zones when you get up as early as I do. And uh, and so the fact that the the platforms or whatever can highlight that. I think is a great opportunity to sort of send us back to the original vision of the pastor's conference years ago, because early on, we didn't have YouTube, we didn't have Vimeo, we didn't have Facebook Live. And so this was the everyday SBC guys opportunity to hear Adrian Rogers, or some other famous pastor. Um, now we can hear them anytime. But I can't necessarily hear Joe Blow in the middle of Kansas. I can't necessarily hear Joe Blow in the middle of Nevada. Uh, but this will be an opportunity where from big to small, bivo to full time to everything in between, where they can come and, and hear what the SBC truly is on any given Sunday. That, that just that fires me up if, it, if the Lord wills. Well, man, I'm so excited. And even hearing you talk about it, I'm excited for folks to hear this conversation. And what we would ask is that folks pray about it, that one, if you want to be a part of this process, one, I'd encourage guys to make it a priority to come, uh, to, to, to be there. One, you, you, we've got friends that joke about it. You don't 
get a vote unless you're in the room. You got to be there and you got to be present. And so this is one of those things that sure, you'll be able to watch the videos later, but there is something about just being in the spot. If there's anything 2020 taught us is that the stream is a wonderful novelty that can serve a purpose, but it ain't any substitute for being in the place and having yourself in the room. So we want to encourage people to show up to be present. And then as they're participating in the SEND conference and supporting uh, that incredible uh, work and, and an event that's going to take place when the time comes to vote, that you really pray through uh, who it is that you're going to platform and give this opportunity to. It's a big responsibility. And as you've heard Matt's vision, if it's something that has captured your heart and you say, that's a guy, man, my heart's re resonating with his. And I'd love to see that same thing happen. Man, cast your vote for Hensley. I'm excited to nominate him to cast my vote for him as well. And we really look forward to seeing all you pastors uh, in just a few months uh, in Nashville as we all gather together as one big family. Yes, sir. And uh, I, I am disappointed, though, since you hung up your uh, your boots and your mask, you won't be able to do the combination <laughs> in, in some uh, wrestling get up. I was I was looking forward to like the ultimate warrior, you know, with like a wig on the paint on maybe even the tights and just running down the aisle and there's just taking the mic and just rolling with it. That's what I was really envisioning when you, when you, yeah, well, I, I reached out to Nam and to the send guys with their conference, but the pyro budget wasn't very high. Uh, so I just figured, well, if I'm not going to be able to pull out all the stuff, so we may as well hang it up. You, so. you got to go all or, or not at all. Sure. <laughs> we're not going to have to do anything, but Matt, man, it's a pleasure. And we're going to be praying for you and ask that the folks who are listening to this, whether you cast your vote for Matt or not, that you pray for, uh, for Matt, he's got his name in the ring. Uh, we want God's will to be done. We want his name to be honored. And we want this ultimately to be a time that unifies, edifies, and honors Christ. And I believe Matt has a vision for that. And so again, uh, man, any kind of support that you can give as you share and put the word out there on social media and let folks know uh, what you're going to be doing with your vote, that can be a big help uh, if this is a vision that you're something, or if this vision is something that you can support and get behind. Yeah. Well, Josh, I'll take the uh, the mic back or turn the table back to wrap us up. But since you don't do coffee, just close your ears for a second so I can close this the right way. May your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare. Thanks for tuning in and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We want to connect with you on Facebook at Not Another Baptist Podcast or on Twitter at NAB underscore podcast or our website at notanotherbaptistpodcast.com. Until next week, we encourage you to check out csbible.com to learn about the Christian Standard Bible, our favorite translation for its blend of readability and accuracy. Have a great day and God bless. What's wrong with you people?